Well, normally on a Friday, it is an upbeat day. The weekend is upon us, and most of us will have a couple days of respite from our normal schedules. That will still happen, of course, but uh, I start a Friday edition of the Bruce Woolley Show with a heavy heart. Uh, It is just awful to see the pain and the suffering on the family of Mackenzie Ridley, a beautiful 17-year-old young woman uh, who died last night on the far east side of Columbus in a senseless shooting. Um, 96th homicide in the city this year. Uh, We'll start the show today talking about that and um, transition into the news of the day. But this is... um, this is just, I don't know where you go with this. I mean, her smiling face, to think that that beautiful young life ended on an evening when she went to a squirt gun fight with her friends at a rec center on the east side. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a dad of a 17-year-old daughter. And Mackenzie Ridley just graduated from high school, was going to college, She did so many great things with her life so far. We've got a lot of young lives ending in our city. And I know we have a new police chief, and I know we have a mayor with initiatives, and uh, I hope things change. Mackenzie Ridley had a mom and a a stepfather at home. Um, she, um, She was standing watching and got shot. One bullet. Random shooter. And it entered her arm, it hit her heart, and took her life. 17. Will anybody step forward? 100 people there. Nobody saw anything. Nobody wants to cooperate with the police. Hopefully that's not true. Um, City Safety Director Ned Pettis today, imploring the community to help find the killer of Mackenzie Ridley. We say young people are our future. And it's true. But Mackenzie Ridley and too many other young children in our city haven't even had a chance to step into their futures. And for what? An argument? A grudge? Or personal beef? A coward with a gun? Unacceptable. This is not who we are. This is not who we want to be. We are doing everything we can to bring to justice those responsible for this senseless killing. I am pleading with the public to help our officers with information and to stand with us against these unconscionable acts of violence. I hope uh, Director Pettis's words are heeded. Maybe we reach a tipping point where finally the senseless nature of this and the pain on the faces of the victims' families makes a difference in the heart of someone who knows something. So far, no one has cooperated with police in the um, shooting death of Olivia Kirch. She's the 16-year-old young woman who was shot and killed at Bicentennial Park last month. You might have forgotten her name. You might not remember the name of Amira Truss. 16-year-old woman who was shot by a male acquaintance, and she died. The name you remember is Micaiah Bryant. 
because, of course, Micaiah Bryant was shot by a cop. I just, um, this just sickens me to see this happen. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Mackenzie Ridley. She had her own boutique where she sold clothes and eyelashes. She was dreaming of being an entrepreneur. She organized a, an event with about 20 vendors, all under the age of 21, that drew about 250 people. Her mom said she was a go-getter. She liked to volunteer on holidays, worked at uh, food banks. And um, her mom said this right, quoted in the Columbus Dispatch, her being at the park wasn't wrong. You don't go to a park to get shot up. No, you don't. But that's where we are in Columbus right now. The 96th homicide, well ahead of a record pace of a year ago. Uh, I want you to hear more about Mackenzie Ridley uh, from her uncle, Brian Stewart, who spoke eloquently today at a press conference about her life. We are trying to understand how such a beautiful life could be snuffed out We're trying to understand how someone who was so humanly wonderful could be taken out in such a humane, unhumane way. Mackenzie had just graduated from high school. We just celebrated her graduation. She had hundreds of people there, all ages, all backgrounds, because she was a connector. She was the type of young person that never met a stranger. She cared deeply about each and every one that she met. She had a bubbly personality. She was smart. She was creative. This is just not a picture. This is a person. This is a life that has been sensely snuffed out, and we have to love each other much better than this. Each life has value. This particular life, she was an entrepreneur. She could have uh, potentially employed many people here if she would have had the opportunity uh, to affect this community. She cared so much that she went to soup kitchens. She is the daughter that you would have wanted to have. Each one of you, if you have a daughter or someone that you love, Mackenzie represented this. We have to love each other more than this. We have to love each other and respect the sanctity of life in this community. That is so well said um, and so touching. To hear him say she is the daughter you would have wanted to have. And um, I just really strongly feel like we can't allow um, these circumstances to pass without calling attention to it. I I know I'm preaching to the choir here because if any of you listening saw something, you're the kind of person that would say something. There has to be a change in the culture in um, the communities where this happened that someone knows something. There's no doubt in my mind that someone knows something. And I hope that the eloquent and touching words of Brian Stewart um, motivate someone to come forward with what they know, because uh, Mackenzie Ridley certainly deserves that. The violence continued in our city today with a shooting on the freeway downtown. More young people injured. 
and our governor shows no interest in protecting some of the young people in our state. We'll talk about that. And I invite your comments on these topics and anything else we discuss today on The Bruce Hooley Show. Our number is 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. It is 519 on The Bruce Hooley Show. Friday afternoon, congratulations on your weekend. I hope you have uh, big plans. Hope the rain stays away so you can uh, follow through on those plans. We talked before about safety in the city of Columbus. We began the show today by talking about the incredibly tragic and senseless death of a beautiful, smart young woman full of potential, Mackenzie Ridley, 17 years old at the uh, Big Walnut Far East Side Rec Center last night, uh, went for a squirt gun fight, 100 young people congregated. Somebody fired into the crowd. She was hit. She died. Today, uh, in downtown Columbus, um, the Neal Avenue exit off I-670, Neal Avenue West West Goodale Street, closed. Around noon, reports of a shooting. Four people wounded. Two kids, two adults in the front seat. Thankfully, no one died. Uh, one child, one child under ten, was originally in critical condition. Um, they were later upgraded. Uh, they believe this shooting was targeted and not random, but it happened somewhere between six seventy and two seventy on the far east side and downtown, right there by Nationwide Arena. We were conversing just this week about whether you feel safe in Columbus. Um, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can anywhere. Uh, This is, it's unacceptable, but it's reality. I mean, all the foot stomping and table pounding in the world is not going to change this. Uh, And Mayor Andrew Ginther, as a new police chief, this is Elaine Brian's first day on the job. Um, downtown's going to decline severely if people from the suburbs do not feel safe going downtown. I know we got a new soccer stadium opening up. I'm not advocating not going for you. I don't tell you what to do. Not on vaccines, not with your entertainment dollar, not with your time, not with your destinations. I will tell you what I'll do. And what I'll do is stay way far away from downtown Columbus or really any part other than coming to work because the situation's out of control. It's just out of control. And it doesn't change until human hearts change. Until the gravity of pulling the trigger on a gun and randomly firing at someone or purposely firing at someone becomes clear in the mind of the person doing it that it is not acceptable behavior because of the penalty they're going to have to pay, either in time behind bars or that they understand the value of human life. And the more that we allow leaders in our city to vilify police and create the false, misguided, 
damaging narrative that police are bad and they're out to cause more problems than they prevent, then two sides are working against each other. You cannot have a successful new police chief under the direction of a progressive, uber-liberal, left-leaning mayor and city council and police civilian review board telling people on one hand that don't trust the cops, don't pay any attention to the arrest report, don't pay any attention to the facts of the case, and then on the other hand say you really care about ending press conferences like today where it's so heartbreaking that you have to watch a mom and an uncle talk about, in past tense, a beautiful young woman who could have made a transformative impact on the city. You cannot have two. Those two things are not compatible. It is inauthentic and (laughs) it is borderline, it is more than borderline, it is dishonest for Andrew Ginther to have a press conference like he had today and while at the same time giving gravity to a police-civilian oversight review board and giving voice to faith quote-unquote faith leaders in this city who claim that the cops are all bad. It is inauthentic. It is a lie for Andrew Ginther to do that, for Shannon Harden, the city council president, to do that. It is a lie. Because as long as they trumpet one narrative, which gins up suspicion and mistrust, they are not going to get what Ned Pettis asked for, which is community cooperation to identify the people who murdered Mackenzie Ridley and who murdered Olivia Kurtz. You're not going to get it. Oh, you can beg for it. You can say all the things you want to say and the television stations connect like, oh, the mayor is heartbroken. You've got to stop the one thing. You've got to support your police to them and about them if you want this fixed. If you don't want it fixed, keep doing what you're doing. Keep walking the tightrope between saying the things that you know will get you elected and don't own it. Don't even begin to own the fact that your rhetoric is what's putting these kids in the grave. Michael in Columbus, first on the Bruce Hooley Show today. Hello, Michael. Yep, I'm here. Tragic, tragic, tragic. Oh. No, Nobody really wants to say, but you and I know, we all know, 90% of these shootings are by young black males. No matter anyway, but nobody wants to say it. We need undercover people in the schools, in other places where these, you know, these people congregate. We, we need intelligence, and we need to break up these gangs. It, it's so deep. This is a huge, deep problem. Not only in Columbus, look at our death rate. Yeah. It's a huge, deep problem in all major American cities now. It is. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. And I love your suggestion about uh, undercover officers and infiltrating. We don't know how deep this goes. And I think what you pose makes a ton of sense. Um. And I, you know, look, I was very, very hard on Mayor Ginther. He deserves it. His city council deserves it. Every major city in this country 
has noticed an astronomical spike in violent crime since last May, which you can lay at the feet of the Black Lives Matter rhetoric about George Floyd. You know, it's interesting today. Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison, and Derek Chauvin was found guilty of second-degree murder and of third-degree murder and of manslaughter. And at no point in Derek Chauvin's trial was any racial animus, any racial hatred by Derek Chauvin toward George Floyd presented as evidence. Not one time. Yet, how was that positioned? By our national news media? By reporters? It's still positioned that way. That it was a race-inspired crime. And how many people have died? Every city where we've had a spike in crime since the BLM protests about George Floyd, how many more people would be alive if that had not been portrayed as a race-inspired crime, which the Attorney General of the state of Minnesota, Keith Ellison, is a black man. Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes tried to entice Keith Ellison into saying it was a hate crime, and Keith Ellison wouldn't do it, and Keith Ellison said, we don't charge people for crimes that we don't think they commit. So, But Keith Ellison, in the aftermath of the George Floyd death, was all about painting it in racial terms. Uh, As you know, I'm a big believer in truth, and the fact that we didn't tell the truth about Derek Chauvin doing things that his police training did not allow him to do. That's what the jury found. That's the verdict we have to go with. Instead, it was positioned as a racially motivated murder, parroted on every network you saw, and how many people are dead because of that. How many people? So I... Notice that Mackenzie Ridley today was eloquently eulogized, eulogized by her uncle and by others. Can someone forward me a tweet from Black Lives Matter about the tragedy of Mackenzie Ridley's death, about the tragedy of Olivia Kurt's death, of Amira Truss's death? No, but only... Micaiah Bryant's death. That you can forward me. Now, yesterday about this time, we told you of some spirited debate in the Ohio House that concerned an amendment to a bill that Ohio State once passed, too sweet, to enable it to attract more athletes, better athletes, who want to be paid for their name, image, and likeness. Uh, The bill that was attached to it as an amendment was to protect the veracity of women's sports competition in the state of Ohio. Uh, Overnight, the Wokesters came alive with virulent criticism of that. And our governor is on the side of evil. We'll flesh it out for you next on The Bruce Hooley Show. 